people haven't really perhaps understood the value of these kind of tools you know like energy healing tarot reading but it's something that can really change your life and change your health and change your direction and and help you overcome things that are holding you back i think because it's like maybe not being taken seriously like this woo woo stuff people think oh well it shouldn't cost money then it's it's like any other profession people study for it people dedicate i dedicate my life to this to this work Listening to Conversations for the Mystically Curious, a podcast brought to you by Kismet Berlin. On our show, we will interview creators, makers, and just generally inspiring people working in the realms of esoteric spirituality, science, and the arts. In this episode, we speak to Romana, a Berlin-based Reiki master and practitioner with her own studio. Throughout her travels around the world in various professions, one thing that Romana always stayed true to was following her instinct and being open to receiving the signs that the universe sent her. Sometimes terrifying and even spurring life-changing decisions, her conviction to following her path never led her down the wrong one, ultimately landing her in Berlin and allowing her to quit her day job to practice Reiki on a full-time basis. During our discussion, Romana breaks down what exactly is Reiki and where it came from, her obsession with astrology, and our mutual fondness for Russell Brand. Hey, Kate. Hey, Joey. Yeah, so I think this time we're going to keep the intro short and sweet. There was so much good content in the interview. We just really wanted to let our next guest, Ramana, speak for herself. Yeah. Also, I just want to preface uh, this interview by saying that uh, it was recorded about two weeks ago when there was the Euro Cup final. I know this seems really odd in the beginning of an esoteric podcast to be mentioning football. um, But yeah, you'll know why once we get to the interview, um, why we're giving a football reference. (laughs) So we're just going to pull... Uh, a major arcana tarot card like we usually do and then go straight to our interview with Romana the Reiki master. So this week we're going to be pulling a card from the beautifully illustrated Prisma Visions deck uh, by James R. Eads. Um, I think he seems a bit like a mysterious character but he's quite prolific. He actually draws a lot of stuff and he also has made the Light Visions tarot and then the Cosma Visions oracle which we will be carrying soon as well. And also has a lot of really beautiful lithography that he produces along with the tarot cards out of his print shop in Los Angeles. We're a good source of Prisma Visions and Light Visions, James R. Eats cards in Europe. But if you happen to be listening in the US, you can go straight to his shop and look at all the art and tarot cards. I pulled the Hierophant. Hmm. Well, we are in a Hierophant year this year. And the Hierophant is an archetype that really has to do with rules and structure. I know that for me, the Hierophant this year really sort of talks about how rules and structure and belief systems, uh, personal as well as social, are really being pulled into the spotlight and questioned in lots of different ways. How does this archetype speak to you, Joey? It's really interesting because I'm looking in the booklet uh, that comes with the deck because I always like to see the artist's interpretation of, of these archetypes as well. And one sentence that immediately stood out to me um it says he invites us to conform to immerse ourselves in a long-standing man-made system be it through education employment or religion to play a part in his machine we must sacrifice a modicum of personal freedom on his altar is it worth it only you can decide i think that's like super pertinent right now politically actually because um a lot of 
countries. Like I know in France, there's been massive protests against what they call the health pass, which is basically, you know, a card or, you know, a QR code that shows that you've been vaccinated and that would allow you personal freedom. So saying that if you don't have that, if you're not vaccinated, um, you're not allowed to go to the movie theater or go to a restaurant, et cetera. Obviously, in other countries, it translates different. You know, like vaccination has become a very, very hot topic in the U.S. Um, with, you know, people with very different ideas of, of why they should or should not. And um, I think it's really interesting that this card is kind of asking us to question, like, maybe what do we need to get up? What do we need to give up in order to maybe gain other things? You know, like what's worth it to us in order to have uh, certain freedoms? So do you think sort of with that interpretation taking from um, your, you know, your read on current events, as well as what the booklet says about the card, um, as well as sort of the traditional uh, Rader Wright Smith association with the card being the Catholic Church and the priesthood, which is often problematic for a lot of people and Modern tarot artists very often reimagine the Hierophant as something else. Um, so we're certainly not talking about the church in this version. Um, but what do you think is the authority figure that people are really being asked to put their faith in? Is it sort of the government? Um, are we having to, are we the French government or governments in general? What do you think? I think people are more being challenged to question whether actually systems, obviously governments are an offshoot of those systems, but like sort of the status quo and the way things have been done, like pretty much since the fifties or like post world war two, I think that we're really challenging, like, you know, whether are these old ways of doing things anymore are really the authority, like, are they really right? I mean, another thing to bring up is the fact that like, this year, if people were dubious about global warming, I really don't understand how they could be dubious anymore because Mother Nature is like showing in all her wrath, like, you know, what we've yeah. done to mess up the planet. And absolutely. And yeah. this is like a culmination of like decisions that have been made by these systems, you know, over like a hundred year period or whatever. And now we're, you know, we're seeing the consequences. So I really, it's not like I, I'm like questioning like a government per se, or even people in general are, I think we're, people are just sort of like, okay, stuff is not working anymore. <laughs> like, let's be real. It's not working. Like, how can you be the authority anymore when you've already proven to us so many times that it's not working? Yeah. I think it's maybe also speaking to people questioning external authority and turning an ear to internal authority and thinking about how one's systems are constructed uh, for our own selves, our, our own values. Well, I mean, that reminds me also because I heard that in the U.S. that there's like this mass exodus of people quitting their jobs, like that basically because of COVID and, and being able to work remotely and all of a sudden reevaluate their priorities and what was important to them that like there's never been a time in American history where so many people are leaving their jobs because they're like I don't want to deal with this anymore like life is too short it's not worth it for me to be slaving away in something that I that I don't like so I think like when you talk about also like that internal authority people are maybe like finally realizing okay yeah like I, I, what I thought was important and the man you know like you people used to use that expression like you know listening or following the man or whatever it's a very kind of archaic misogynist expression but um yeah like people are like no no more of that <laughs> yeah yeah that maybe we are our own authorities we are we can be our own higher fonts which sort of brings me into uh thinking about our guest for this interview Romana um, because I think she really had to turn an ear, so to speak, to her inner voice to discover the path that she eventually finds herself on now. Hi, Romana. Hi. Hey. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited. What are you up to today? I'm good. I finished 
doing a Reiki treatment for a client a little while ago, which was supposed to be in person and then we changed to distance last minute. So it's good she wasn't able to leave her place. So it was good that Reiki, it's a possibility to do both. And then now I'm just chilling, getting ready for the weekend. How are you guys? Uh, <laughs> nice. Although the weather is not so uh, summer-like here right now, which is kind of wah, wah. Yeah, <laughs> it's cloudy, but it's good for doing Reiki indoors, actually. I kind of am enjoying this kind of indoor vibe at the moment. Well, I guess we're going to talk a lot about Reiki, but before I ask you all the Reiki questions, um, can you tell us a little bit about your background before you got into Reiki? Sure, yeah, that was kind of like a teaser. <laughs> I introduced Reiki. Um, but you'll find out more about it after. Uh, my background before Reiki, um, yeah, so like I've traveled a lot in my life. Um, like I was looking recently in the last 10 years of my Instagram and like looking through all my traveling pictures. But like I used to work in retail before I got into Reiki. I worked in retail for 10 years in fashion clothing shops, more in like man management and merchandising roles. And then, yeah, I decided to go traveling. I went, lived in Australia for two years and I've been in different countries like Asia, Malaysia, Indonesia, um, Central South America. And I also studied, I did an English degree, um, English literature and language. So I worked also for a little while as an English teacher, um, which actually both of those jobs really contributed to the work that I'm doing now um because working in retail like really helped me to like understand how to sort of s establish like working as, a, as like a, a business and then i was working as teaching english which has really helped me with the teaching work that i do with reiki and yeah that's um and i grew up in england um originally from england but i haven't lived there for nine years i've been in berlin now for seven years and then australia for the two years before that what brought you to Berlin originally? Um, yes, kind of funny and very relevant at the moment because it was in some ways because of the football, <laughs> because, <laughs> which you wouldn't think would be my answer. Well, I'd, I'd... Yeah, that was not the answer I was expecting. <laughs> um, Side detour into football. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, like I'd, I'd been traveling, I'd been living in Australia and... Um, was trying to work out where to live after then and I had a, a boyfriend at the time from Sicily and we were kind of trying to figure out oh should we live in Sicily should we live in England both those ideas didn't really feel right somehow and then I was talking to a friend one day in her car and she was like asking me what are you what are you going to do now and um, the radio was on and Germany had just won the world cup and I was just listening to this and I was like oh yeah I could move to Berlin and I just said it as like an offhand comment and I felt so strongly the the yes, like the intuition, like because I'd been traveling before for two years, I followed my intuition a lot with, with backpacking. And I felt so strongly this excitement and this like feeling like, oh my gosh, yeah, move to Berlin, even though I'd never been here before. I just wow. felt like that's where you're supposed to go. I know you because you were actually my uh, Reiki master and I had the honor of doing level one and two, two with you and getting my attunements from you. Um, I think you've actually established yourself quite a bit at this point now in Berlin as like sort of the go-to uh, Reiki master, Reiki practitioner, teacher. Um, but could you tell us how you first discovered Reiki? Yeah, it's one of my favorite stories to tell um, <laughs> because, again, it was very like magical and instinctual and serendipitous. Um, I, I kind of Reiki had been circling around for a little while, but I hadn't really followed, followed up on it. Like, um, yeah. And then I was in Mexico. Oh, I'm trying to remember when it was it now. I think it was end of 2017. Um, and I was traveling with a friend who was a yoga teacher and we were doing like yoga in the hostels and always after yoga I felt like a lot of sensations in my hands and this idea of Reiki came back to me and I was walking with him one day and I was thinking about it and I said to him hey you know like I think I want to learn about Reiki because I'm feeling these sensations in my hands and I think it's like something I should explore further and he was a little skeptical actually um, but yeah, we were talking about Reiki and then turned a corner 
into this kind of side street and there was a, a beautiful house actually with like flowers outside and outside of this house was a sign in the road saying Reiki and aromatherapy. So like it was a literal sign from the universe like in the street, like I don't know, 30 seconds after. Like I hadn't seen it before we like turned the, into the road and then there was a sign in the street like Reiki. I was like, I felt again so strongly, that's a sign for you. like that's a sign and then yeah if, if you're somebody who's keyed into intuition right and you already know that's worked for you in the past you would really see that and be like okay yeah definitely <laughs> like the yeah. the universal insert word that, that people use spirit um you know communicates with you if you listen like the signs are there and and, mm. and there's you know so this i felt like this was a sign and and then, yeah, like two weeks later, maybe I decided to join a, a workshop to make a drum with a mind shaman. And I'm, there was a, a Mexican lady there who also spoke really good English. She'd been married to a Canadian um, man. And yeah, we got talking and, and she offered me to come and stay in her Airbnb um, for a few weeks with her. It was basically in her house. And then um, because of the place, the hostel I was staying in was like super noisy at that time. And then I moved in with her and I saw the Reiki master certificates and um, yeah, there, there she was. <laughs> that was Violetta, uh, my Reiki master. So she came into my life. So um, we've been talking about Reiki a little bit, but for listeners who might not be as familiar with what is Reiki, can you give a sort of short description of a complete Reiki novice? How would you explain what is Reiki? Sure. So it's it's like, a, I guess you would call it an alternative or holistic healing method, but it's not just actually healing that it that provides, it also provides kind of a deeper connection with something greater than, than us. So you can think of it as also a spiritual practice. Um, but Reiki works on every level of the body. It's an energy healing um, method. Um, because when you break everything down, we're all energy and, and actually humans are able to connect with and, and work with energy around us. And, and Reiki is a method of working with energy in a way that can help provide transformations for people on, on many levels, like the human as a multifaceted being. We have the physical body, we have our emotions, we have our mind, our soul, our spirit and and sometimes things get a bit out of balance or there's some discomfort or we, we've really held in some emotion or trauma or or what have you and it's reiki is a, is a method of 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 health of healing or self-care to to help the body kind of come into balance alignment calm down i feel like i think that's one of the things that that i notice a lot from clients we're so overstimulated these days as humans and and Reiki is a way to just really calm the nervous system down and, and then just, yeah, check in with yourself. So rarely, I think, again, if people take time for themselves, sometimes like we're doing a lot for with our work, for others. And yeah, Reiki is, a, is either as a self-care practice because you can do Reiki as self-treatment. It's a moment to check in and, and, and work on your energy um, so that you can be in kind of optimum health, optimum mood and able to like manage life. It's kind of like stepping out for a second so that you can step back in in, in a more like grounded and kind of pure way, if I could use the word pure. Mm, I love that. Um... Can you also, I know that Reiki has a really fascinating history, which I actually heard you explain once before in the online workshop that I took with you. Um, but would you be willing to share a little bit uh, of that history of like where Reiki came from originally and then where it is now in terms of like, I guess, global Reiki culture? <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think it's important. Like, I have so much respect for Mikao Usui, who, who developed the system of Reiki that most people do. I'm really happy to, to, to share the story. Um, yeah, so Reiki originated in Japan. Um, the the Jap a Japanese man, Mikao Usui, he kind of discovered Reiki in, in a spiritual moment that he had on a mountain. And and realized it was a method that the humans could use for healing and the the beautiful thing with that is once he discovered it he wanted to share and teach other people um and really at the beginning like reiki spread 
quite quickly around the world because there was a lady called Hawaii Sekata who was a Japanese lady living in Hawaii. Um, she traveled to Japan and, and received Reiki while she was there and, and with kind of one of the main teachers of Reiki they went to Hawaii and opened a Reiki school there um, which is a point that I'd like to make that some people um, are concerned sometimes about a topic such as cultural appropriation and doing things connected with with cultures that are not of, of their origin but but Reiki is something that really from the beginning was wanting to be the 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 people that were high up and connected with Makawa Sui the idea was to spread this healing method to to humans it's working with energy and it's not really connected with like a specific culture it's more that it originated in this country which was Japan and um, there are some connections to Buddhism a little bit because Mikawa Sui was um, Buddhist uh, Zen Buddhist but it's really a healing method for everyone that really from the beginning um, started to spread first through Hawaii and then quite a lot through America and actually at the same time Reiki didn't spread as much in Japan because there was some change in kind of how the country was being run and, and bureaucracy and, and the Reiki masters didn't want to be kind of regulated or controlled because it was also such a spiritual practice as well so Reiki became more kind of underground if you could say it like that in Japan whereas it really was mm. taking off in, in America and then spreading through the Americas and then spreading around Europe and around the world whereas actually it's not perhaps even as popular in Japan as it is maybe in other countries um, but it's definitely kind of re-emerging re now within Japan and Japanese Reiki masters that are more connected with the traditional and original way of Reiki. They've um, written some books and they're active on YouTube. And there's been a reconnection between anything that, that, that wasn't kind of shared because it went like underground and the Western and the Eastern ways of doing Reiki, how they've developed, have come back kind of and connected again at like within the last 20 years as the Japanese Reiki masters have become a bit more prominent. Um, so it's very um yeah it's it's very much spread around the world and, and is, is something that's there for everyone basically do you think that could be also related to the existence of the internet actually because uh as it was this very sort of underground practice and even sort of this like sacred practice in the western world that was sort of being passed amongst groups you know from person to person teacher to teacher it's only really, I feel like, in the last few years that there's more of a general knowledge of what Reiki is. I mean, now you even see a lot of people on TikTok doing distance Reiki. I mean, that's something that, yeah, five, ten years ago, people wouldn't even have imagined or dreamed of. Yeah, it's a really interesting question. Um, it's. I think the internet definitely has helped so much with the spread of any kind of information. And I feel like practices like meditation and yoga becoming so like universally accepted has opened the door for other spiritual practices like and I think I don't know if it's more like there's more safety around I don't know if I want to say safety but like spiritual practices like crystals um, anything that's like sacred like I think there was a lot of fear in the past especially for women you know connected with the witch line the witch wound yep. that um, mm -hmm. doing something unusual or esoteric is something that could be frowned upon or dangerous or, or people like have a lot of fear around these practices but there's yeah there's it's become like much more acceptance around anything alternative I think I don't know I can't say why um, but it's good to see that things are spreading and I see like probably 90% of the clients that I get they tell me um, oh I've never tried this before um, I'm here for the first time like maybe they come again afterwards but honestly the amount of people that sit in front of me and say I've never tried this and even they join a Reiki course and they've never had a Reiki treatment they're just curious like oh, it's it happens very very frequently so it's just more open-mindedness I guess and, and more like um, acceptance and, and less kind of fear around these things. Hmm. Do, do the people that come to you for the first time, do they tell you how they found out about it or what sort of motivated them to come see you? Yeah, it's interesting as well. Like I think Reiki is something which somehow calls to people <laughs> quite often. 
like people sort of say like oh I just had this idea or I just I don't know I had like an inspiration or I heard the word and it's something that 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 calls people it it finds you it's like i feel like it's not the other way around it it, reiki finds you for sure it did the same to me to be honest with you like is this something that's like yeah like attracting you in also i mean people also come through recommendation that that, that a friend tried it and was like impressed i would say that's the two ways really they just there's some kind of like epiphany that they receive or or it comes through recommendation of a friend I think it's interesting that uh, what you mentioned before about the the sort of roots of modern Reiki are kind of global in nature. Um, And then it's even more global now. And then connecting up with other modalities like yoga, like meditation. Um, So I'll just go out on a limb and, and give my own theory with that. But do you think it's sort of like people are finding Reiki or kind of connecting the dots themselves with these other modalities because it's sort of like a, a global sort of perception of, of energy that's maybe shifting a little bit um, in, in recent years. Um, I'd be interested in, in what you think about that. I, I have my own theories, but I'm interested in what you think. Sure. I think like connected with energy science has caught up so much as well with like eastern practices like with quantum mechanics quantum theory there's Mm. so many my favorite subject (laughs) yeah yeah i'm so glad you got into that joy thank you for bringing this up for our inner quantum physics geeks here (laughs) yeah joey and i like to to geek out on uh quantum physics also yeah The, the science is there and like the science is there now to back this stuff up if people needed that before some people do you know some people need science to tell you hey this is real rather than just experiencing something yourself and feeling like this is actually this is real but the science is there if you need it I think like I don't know if it's like people understanding energy but people are where possible taking time for meditation and yoga, to, which again, they connect with, with this kind of inner calm and inner peace. And they're, they're connecting more with this inner energy, which kind of maybe prompts them to want to explore a bit more or like layers of consciousness, perhaps with meditation, where you become aware that there's an awareness noticing thoughts that you are not necessarily your thoughts. So it's like understanding yes. consciousness on a deeper level is also very much connected with with something like Reiki, which is like going into deeper layers of of understanding and sensing and and feeling. So um, right now you're a full-time Reiki practitioner and you said you got into Reiki in 2017, right? Yeah. Um, What has that process been like over the past, I guess, four years of going from, you know, the universe sort of revealing Reiki to you as your path forward to uh, where you are now, where you're, it's your full-time job and you're sort of a independent entrepreneur and practitioner. How has that journey been? It's been very intense. And actually, at some point, I'd like to, to produce some content like a course um, for other people who want to do this journey because I'm on I learned so much and I, I really would like to provide this information to other people, but I didn't expect that Reiki would become my job at all. Like when I learned it, it was more just because I was curious and I was working as an English teacher in Berlin and then I, I, yeah, I was just using Reiki for myself and then actually I got encouragement externally. It was actually from doing a tarot card reading with a friend. She was like, why are you not doing more with your Reiki? I was like, oh, I'm a bit shy and... And she was like, I think you're, I think you're supposed to, like, I think you're supposed to do a bit more with this. So that kind of, yeah, that kind of gave me the confidence to start offering treatments for people. So I was working part time as an English teacher. So I did have space to do treatments and I was doing a few treatments a week. And then also I did the Reiki master course more just out of curiosity. And then it was again, other people, clients um, asking me, okay, you're a Reiki master. So would you when is your course going to be like will you be able to teach us and so I I launched the course because the clients were asking for it 
and then it was full yeah. and then then someone else wanted to join the next course which I hadn't even planned so <laughs> I had to plan the next course which was amazing so it was um it was yeah I, I was um, lucky like I think in the end if you follow things that make you happy and you're interested in you you really can do something with that um which is what happened to me so yeah my hobby became my job and at some point I realized I couldn't do my English teaching job and do Reiki because it was just becoming too much for me to manage but I really had no idea will I actually be able to make enough money to live from Reiki but it really felt like the universe I will say was was really pointing me in this direction like this is what you're supposed to do so I took a leap of faith it was probably one of the scariest decisions I've ever made and I've taken a lot of what some people might call risks in my life of just kind of Mm throwing everything to the wind and just like seeing where the adventure takes me and but this one was quite like nerve-wracking but yeah I quit my English teaching job and then went into Reiki full-time and 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 the money comes in like I've worked I've been working a lot with money mindset money energetics and this has been a very another big learning for me I think as a as a female as a as a spiritual person as an empathic person money has been it's been difficult to kind of set prices and also feel like comfortable mm. receiving money for something which I find so enjoyable it's like I think we're kind of taught mm. that making money has to be hard and, and painful and, yeah. and, and exhausting and, and all of these things and also just working by yourself and feel like sometimes I'm just speaking to my walls you know or the cats like what do you think is the right decision so <laughs> um, I've worked with some different coaches as well to, to, to try and, you know, have just someone to bounce ideas off of. And it's, it's, been, um, it's been quite an intense journey, but also amazing. Like, I'm so happy that I can pretty much wake up when my body wants to wake up. I don't have to have an alarm and I can see how many clients a week I want to see and I can have a holiday when I want to. And, and it, no, it's beautiful. Like, I, I'm so grateful, but... It, it it takes a bit of of work to get there and I definitely worked really hard at the beginning to to sort of get to where I am now yeah I think it's so interesting that you brought up the issues of of learning how to uh maybe re-examine your relationship with money as well as boundaries and time management in being an entrepreneur that's working in a you know healing modality Yeah, I could say a lot around this topic as well, because I think it's also to the point of like people haven't really perhaps understood the value of these kind of tools, you know, like energy healing, tarot reading. But it's something that can really change your life and change your health and change your direction and and help you overcome things that are holding you back. And it's actually incredibly valuable and People take things very seriously, like going to the physiotherapist, going to the doctor, going to the dentist. And these things aren't cheap either. Like, you know, like yeah. the, <laughs> these things are your health. It's your life. You know, what money, what value do you put on your health? And I think because it's like maybe not being taken seriously, like this woo-woo stuff, people think, oh, well, it shouldn't cost money then or whatever but actually no this this stuff is serious and it's incredibly valuable and then there should be a value to it and the people put a lot of time and energy into this work and and it's studied for it It, it's it's like any other profession people study for it right people dedicate I dedicate my life to this to this work and um and also you know that there's clients for every price range as well like people earn different amounts of money and everyone can benefit from Reiki so um, I think it's you you, with your price you have to find what you feel comfortable with what you think the value is of like your experience and and how how seriously you take it should also be reflected in the price because the people are getting like a very high quality high value service from you in that vein um, what advice would you give to someone wanting to make uh, a spiritual practice into their profession, be it Reiki or tarot or, uh, you know, chart reading, all, all these domains, all these healing domains or predictive domains? I would say if that's what you want, then do it. Like you can do it. People make money from these people. These are people's full-time jobs. And 
it's a lot about I, I work a lot with like manifestation and energetics you need to believe in yourself and and you need to you need to have confidence and um yeah and don't give up as well if it doesn't like work out maybe don't like quit your job right at the beginning but just have it as like like reduce if you have like an a regular job you could like reduce your hours a bit at the beginning and then take because that's what I was doing at the beginning I was doing part-time teaching and part-time Reiki but believe in it like you have to believe in it and and don't be afraid and you can do it that's what I would say the advice is you can do it like other people are doing it so why can't you do it and this stuff is getting becoming more and more mainstream so go for it what do you do to actually protect your own energy because you mentioned that sometimes there are some weeks where you know you're obviously there really to help other people you know to to sort of help them on their journey and their healing but then I would imagine at the at the end of the week you know it it might be a bit draining to you like how do you protect yourself yeah it took it took me quite some time but I just have to make sure that I've got my schedule working for me, that I've got like the right amount of days off and that I'm doing things with my friends. It's important to have a work-life balance and that work-life balance maybe is more like 50% work, 50% life, you know. And also it's, it's kind of difficult when your work is your hobby because I end up reading so many books that it's kind of like, well, this is also I'm working right now and um it's something I still have to work on to, I'll be honest with you like I I sometimes I I am someone that like always has a lot of hobbies and books and and meeting friends and I have always a lot going on at once and I do find myself sometimes reaching a point where I'm like okay I'm feeling pretty tired right now and now I need to step step out so I think my own personality I'm someone that kind of like runs 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 and then I'm like okay I need to stop <laughs> well, it's just me and it's I think that's something that I know I I do still struggle with is like burning myself out a bit but also I think I would call it being a very enthusiastic person <laughs> 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 but it's, it's something to be yeah. mindful of I think maybe some people would be much better at managing their time and uh, I'm pretty good at it now with clients I know what my limits are and, and how often I see people but still with like the extracurricular stuff it's something that I, I spend quite a lot of energy on as well what's your uh, sun sign and your rising again uh, my rising sign is Sagittarius um I have three planets in Sagittarius I have a lot of fire oh my gosh I have a very oh, that's the, there you go I have a very strong Mars and also I have Jupiter in a fire sign and it's just like, oh, hobbies, more, do this, do this. I'm very driven, but it's also like, okay, when do I stop? <laughs> Not often when I fall down. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, since we started talking about astrology, I know from um, previous conversations with you that you're really, um, one of your hobbies is astrology. Um so how did you get into that and how do you use it in your daily life these days? Oh, I love astrology. Yeah, I actually probably know as much about astrology as Reiki, if not more. No, mm. I'm not sure. But I've been studying astrology for about six years, just more out of my own interest. I'm also, I'm Aquarius sun and Aquarius is very much oh. seeing things from... Got three Aquarius. Oh. Yeah, we're both Aquarius sun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Shallow Aquarius. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think part of being Aquarius is like, I also have Mercury in Aquarius as well. So my mind is there and my sun is there. It's like seeing things from the outside and like, I'm quite analytical person. I just love astrology and also it's energy as well. You know, like each planet has its own energy and how this energy is affecting personally us when we were born and also how it's affecting the planet. It's another way of working with energy, but it's also... It's also so helpful to understand energetically what's going on in the world. Also with things like eclipses and Mercury retrograde. I feel feel like it, it helps me to like take things less personally and also to kind of have a little bit expectation of what might be coming up in life. So it's not like, oh my God, why is this happening to me? And what what's going on? It's like, well, yeah, there was an eclipse. So that's why this is happening. And yeah, there's Mercury retrograde. So... This is why this is mm. 
it, it's just like I, I find that life I see I understand life in more like a cyclical and and kind of like constantly moving um way I mean do you actually uh are you able to read your own birth chart and and kind of I guess uh even maybe plot out what's going to happen in the following months and years like do you get really mathematical about it or are you just more looking at the bigger trends yeah well there's actually I have this um there's a company called honeycomb collective that provide diaries and planners for your personal birth chart so you've got like a diary of like in each day what what um, aspects are going to hit your chart like person there's like the the mundane aspects of what's happening now and then there's also it, it shows you each day like what's going to affect you personally so I, I'm always aware but I also like I know my chart so well and I know where the planets are all the time so I know what's coming up for me anyway and I, I can read charts for other people I did actually do a chart reading for a client recently because he was really like interested and I was quite pleased with how it went and I'm not sure if at some point I'll also expand into astrology but it, it is another skill that I that I have developed that I, I, I do know enough about astrology that I can read charts. Would you say there there are other spiritual practices that you find are are complementary or supportive to uh, a Reiki practice? Um, I think something that goes really nicely with Reiki is um, sound sound healing or any kind of sound because it's always music. But well, I always play music, and, and I think most people do when receiving. Reiki so sound like having I had a friend or I have a friend who plays the Tibetan bowls and another a student of mine that plays the the crystal uh, bowls singing bowls and in combination with Reiki it's beautiful very very powerful it's I, I think Reiki it's not necessary to add anything Reiki is so effective on its own and I think sometimes people try and over overcompensate or, or don't really believe enough in Reiki that they feel like oh I need to add this and that and you can complement Reiki with with using crystals and aromatherapy um, but it's actually so great on its own but I think also like Reiki as a Reiki practitioner it's important to also do a lot of self-treatment and meditation as well to, to stay in a nice kind of calm calm state for when you are showing up for others as well so based on your experience um if you had to describe reiki energy to somebody who doesn't have a clear idea of what it feels like if they've never had a reiki treatment what what does reiki energy feel like for you do you uh, do you mean like when i'm um giving a treatment or when someone's receiving a treatment i guess both I mean, both sides. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it does feel different depending on the situation. So I think I, I, this is kind of like you, you're really getting the, the, the secrets now because usually when clients come, I won't tell them what it feels like because I prefer that they don't have any uh, expectations. But I will, sh okay. I will share with you, like the usual feedback okay. I get from clients after a session is that they feel kind of like waves of energy it can feel like um there's like certain areas of the body which are being touched i work non-contact with reiki but sometimes people feel like a little bit of like pressure sometimes people feel a release of energy which can be a little bit of of, of discomfort actually in that moment but not long generally it feels incredibly relaxing to receive reiki and and the, the kind of weightlessness as well in some ways and there's all sorts of things waves different kind of movements yeah sometimes people feel like a release um it's kind of some people describe it as being like underwater like or just like the feelings of water like this weightlessness kind of this movement waving movement so there's some kind of like water connection um yeah when I'm giving Reiki like the things that you can feel in the hands is like different kind of tingling heat cold sort of like a breeze sometimes kind of a real density or, or um, a bit of prickly sensation um, hmm. yeah different things and also it's not really just about like what the energy feels like it's more like it's it's such a deep re relaxation and and balancing and all usually after the the 
treatment, it's like as if you went in the shower and you came out and you're like, oh, I'm so clean now. Or like that feeling of mm. like when you've cleaned your bed sheets and you get inside them, and you're like, oh, this is like so clean and nice. This is like kind of after rape, you feel like, oh, like I've been washed. <laughs> like I'm clean yeah. again. Wow. <laughs> I'm relaxed as well. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. I feel like that gave a really, um, you know, clear idea of what it's like on both sides. Yeah. Like the real insights into Reiki, but yeah, I I would say I feel almost like it feels like um like ripples in a pond or something like uh it, when you when when an area is being targeted that maybe there there needs to be some release like there's some tension or something that's built up it's almost like you can feel this sort of energy emanating out um and you can feel almost like an energetic blockage somehow I mean I've had some very intense reactions in the past or whatever where I have you know ended up crying and things like that because like clearly there was like some emotions like blocked in some part of my body and I think that's one of the most amazing uh effects I guess of uh of Reiki yeah people do get emotional I feel like I don't want to say no I think but I think it's good that people know what to expect yeah like I think when I see clients, the things that I say to them always is like, okay, you might feel some sensations, which is normally like, you definitely will feel some sensations, but I try and kind of like keep it very calm and, and let them like be open. And I say to people, you might see something. People have quite often visual experiences, even with the eyes closed. I tell clients, you might feel emotional during the session and it's good to release out the emotions and that they might feel that they're drifting in and out of sleep because it really puts you in that deep relaxed state that we're in like as we're waking up or as we're falling asleep which I think is, is something connected with theta brainwave state but that's not been like I've not had that confirmed by science but it's this like very deep relaxed state you're going into deeper layers of the con like the consciousness the subconscious having a little bit kind of dreamy visions things are kind of organizing themselves or you're, you're tapping into something that's like kind of ready to be Re reconsidered or brought back forwards and to be like released out and yeah it's 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 a many things people experience during a session what is something that you wish more people knew about reiki just the population at large maybe not people who um know have been trained in reiki but just people in general what, what do you wish people knew you just need to like be open-minded and you need to you need to choose it you need to think okay I want to do this I'm coming with an open mind and because I, I do see sometimes people that have been kind of sent um, by perhaps their partner who had a great experience and then they send their partner like you you need to go and do this and the person's they didn't really choose it and I think like any kind of healing or transformation you have to choose it you you have to think okay I I I, I want to like take some time to work on myself or I'm feeling a bit off or um, I'm trying to overcome this this heartbreak or this job loss situation or I'm not sure what I'm doing in life and I'm going to take steps. You need to, healing I think is so much about choice and the brain starts to think, okay, we're doing this now and then this is our intention, it's this intention. And I think the intention of coming to please another person is not the, the best intention for Reiki or any kind of healing work. Kate, you had actually that uh, kind of a similar experience because actually the first time I ever experienced and why I said also I feel like it found me because actually uh, a Reiki master in Boulder, Colorado who needed to finish his uh, certificate and I guess he had to practice on like 30 people for free or something. He asked me if, if uh, he could do it on me and I had no idea what it was at the time. I think I was 19 years old. Yeah, this um, is the should... summer that you came back from Europe and, and lived with me for the summer in Boulder. Yeah, because I was, I actually went to, you know, high school and university in France. So I was like, I need my American summer. I haven't been back from the U.S. in a while. Yeah, um, yeah. And uh, yeah, and uh, I was really open to it, even though I had no idea what I was getting into. I had three sessions with him and it was, it was totally life changing. Like, as I mentioned earlier, like I really had like an emotional breakthrough with this person 
Um, and so then obviously I sent Kate, I was like, you have to go see him. He's amazing. And you, I remember had the complete opposite (laughs) experience. Yeah. I think it was because I wasn't looking for it. Um, and I guess at that moment in my life, I guess Reiki hadn't found me. It had found you. (laughs) So I, I went, but it was, I didn't know why I was there. Right. I was just sort of like, okay, something's going to happen. And, but I didn't know what I wanted or needed. Um, so I think it didn't quite have the same, um, effect on me as it did you. And it was so interesting to, you know, combine experiences because I think it was very pivotal for you because I think you were quite open to it. Whereas I wasn't really quite sure what I was doing. I just showed up cause, cause you told me to go. <laughs> yeah, like exactly. Uh, like you said, Romano, like, you know, someone sort of just being, pushed but not really knowing why yeah i mean you can some people come because they're curious but they've still taken the time to be like oh i'm curious about reiki okay googling reiki practitioner oh here's one i'm gonna book an appointment oh i'm going to my reiki appointment it's you don't have to be like oh my god there's something wrong with me or whatever like you don't that's not a reason necessarily to go but being like there's still you still have to feel like I want to do this like this is this is this is a good idea I want to do that and I'm not sort of like oh okay this person's telling me to go there oh okay I'll do that because this person's telling me to (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah yeah I think I feel really drawn towards Reiki now now that I'm not no longer 19 (laughs) 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 but um but it took me a little while to get there I think um you know, we all have our processes of, of unfolding and, and learning and curiosity. So I guess uh, at, at that time, Joey's cycle was at a diff- different point than mine. Um, but what would you, <laughs> which is okay. Um, what would you say, like, if, if somebody uh, wanted to do more research on their own and perhaps do a bit of reading about Reiki or related practices, um before going for a reiki treatment or to find out more on their own um what type of books or websites would you recommend (laughs) my own website (laughs) yeah you're totally allowed to recommend your own website it's it's yes (laughs) i would say please don't google reiki if you're interested in reiki because you will get like wikipedia (laughs) telling you there is absolutely no proof that this works like and this is a this is a pseudoscience or whatever however you pronounce that word pseudoscience which is actually not even true someone needs to update the wikipedia page for reiki because it's so bad like like this is I, I I dated someone once and he was like I looked on Wikipedia I was like oh no you didn't like no 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 bad just like, just look at my website like why are you even questioning me um, yeah actually it was a good question I would actually prefer that people don't read books about Reiki um, before they go mm. for a Reiki treatment because there's t- a mm-hmm. bit too much information in there I think because mm. actually it's really like more like if you want to learn and, and anyway if you want to learn it is a, something that's passed on from from teacher to person because you have to have the the attunement which is really like connecting you very intentionally with this this frequency of energy for healing so I I wouldn't actually recommend you google Reiki and I wouldn't recommend you buy any books about Reiki but there are some right. really nice books about energy. I think my favorite one at the moment is called The Subtle Body by Cindy Dale, which is like every type of energy healing. And it's got like, yeah, the, all the modern up-to-date science in there, if that's what people need. Um, we also have something else in common that I didn't know uh, until the other day on Instagram. You and I are both huge Russell Brand fans. <laughs> I was so excited to learn that you like Russell Brand because like sometimes people like think that's funny when I say like, oh my gosh, he's like almost my guru in a sense because I really like all his videos on YouTube. I'm like, yes, yes, that's exactly what I think. Um, I don't know what what makes you, uh, why do you like him or what draws you to his sort of uh, philosophical ramblings? I like Russell for a few reasons. One of the reasons he's from a very similar part of the UK to me. And I like that his accent is still so strong. Um, 
and he uses I love his use of vocabulary I love his use of humor I I think he's just I, I just love people that just don't give a bleep you know like he just mm-hmm. says stuff and he just he just he's not afraid to say it and he's not like but he's so eloquent as well oh there's so many things I could say about Russell I think I like people that that put across alternative views in like different ways and like I think that's how I also try to be as like down to earth but like also kind of silly and like um I don't also don't really care what people think I just say stuff and I just Mm. I mean I'm not in an offensive way but I think you have to not be afraid to like um be confident in and in sort of what you know or or what you do and even if it's not very mainstream kind of thing yeah I always admire that he can simultaneously be really unfiltered yet kind Oh, at yeah. the same time. He's coming, his yeah. intentions are coming from a good place, like, for sure. Yeah. Many people don't realize this, but kismet is an ancient word borrowed into English. And we chose it because it is related to a force that's like destiny. It belongs to several languages and has different historical and geographical layers to its meaning. Modern dictionaries define it as a force that some people think controls what happens in the future. So, do you believe in fate or destiny? I think I will answer it from an astrological perspective. That, Hmm. like, there's... We are... I do think we are put on the earth in each lifetime with a certain set of skills perhaps some karma from the past life that our soul wants us to overcome on this on this life and also like things that we can share with the world while we're here I do think each of us even though it's such an intense question for people like what's your purpose I think there's something within all of us or even just who we are as a person which we can share with others and and benefit other people's lives in whichever way through our profession through our personality so I do I think there's for sure a reason why we're here and I do think following things that make you happy following your instincts believing in yourself will will really keep you on that path and will stop you wasting time like running around in circles just be true like you I think within us we we do hear our truth for some people the voice is quieter and not not listened to as much as with other people but just try and listen to it i would say listen Mm. to the inner voice that's trying to tell you like this is not for you and this is for you or whatever right oh i love that answer so we're actually quite excited because we're collaborating on an upcoming workshop that will involve uh, Reiki and crystals, but we're not going to say much more about it now until it's more ready. But um, what other things are you working on right now? Like, is there any upcoming events or shares or things you're doing that um, you'd like to let people know about? Yeah, so I teach Reiki courses very regularly, the different levels. Um, and you can find the information on my website, which is uh, withromana.com. Um, but also I'm planning on taking a bit of time out in August and September to maybe develop some other offerings with the, with the knowledge base I have. I'm still working out what that looks like. But um, like my goal at the moment is to, to continue with Reiki and raising the visibility of Reiki, but also thinking how else I can incorporate some of the other things I know about into my works but I'm always here as well for for Reiki courses most months and Reiki treatments as well um so the website yeah it's just with romana.com and then my Instagram is romana.reiki okay great well thank you so much for being our guest today my pleasure yeah thank you thanks for the great chat This show was produced, recorded, and edited in Berlin, Germany by us, Joey and Kate. Check out our website to find a magical selection of ethical crystals, indie tarot cards, handmade jewelry, and natural candles and incense. You can find us at www.kismetberlin.com. That's www.kismetberlin.com.
B-E-R-L-I-N.com, as well as on Instagram at Kismet Berlin, all in one word. Music is by Tobu, and the track is entitled Sapphire. Thanks for listening, and stay mystically curious. Thank <laughs> you.